0: with my friend Ron G Hey what's up bro <laughs> How you doing man It's man. good I've been asking you to do this for a while So I'm glad uh-huh. that you uh, You drove all the way from Marina what No you I'm like- in
1: Inglewood Oh Inglewood Inglewood man I apologize uh, The last time I had to cancel Because I was walking my puppy <laughs> And I got sidetracked man <laughs> Yeah how's that puppy going uh, She's kicking my butt She's kicking my butt You have to pie train What's pie train mean When you have a puppy Like So I'm cage training her And uh-huh. you let her stay in the cage overnight So I usually get up at 12 4 and 8 To wake her up and usually, I don't do well. Once I break my sleep, like, my sleep is... So, four in the morning? Every day for, like, the last two weeks, getting up at four, 12, four, and eight oh to God. go walk her. And, yeah, it's just... And it's that's some, so she doesn't piss on the rock, type of thing. And sometimes, when I take her downstairs, she's still sleepy, so she'll just sit there. And then i have like, had to tug her a little bit, like, come on, babe, come on, babe. And she'll sit there. And then she peed. And the other day, uh, she, she turned around toward the door like she wanted to go back upstairs. Okay, I'm on the third floor. And so, we get back upstairs... Cause I thought she was done. She boo booed in front of my neighbor's door, and I picked her up because I thought she was going to stop. And she boo booed all <laughs> the way down the hall. And I was like, "Oh, I got to clean up puppy poop oh, all man. the way down, on the carpet." And I was like, "Oh, oh this God, is that's stupid." Yeah, she wearing me out, man. And sit there and looked at me the whole time, like, "I love you, dad." And I'm like, "Don't try to lick my face <laughs> now. Disrespectful. Don't that's do what, that."
0: That's why God made these little babies and puppies so cute,
1: just so you wouldn't kill them. They, know what they do, yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, how can you spank somebody that looks just like you? She got my whole face. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine, man. Um, so you live in Inglewood. Now, Inglewood's been, all I hear from people who are in the real estate is blowing up. There's the new stadium there. That's a white term for gentrified. Yes, <laughs> it has been gentrified. It's very officially gluten-free. Uh, when How many I more moved, Starbucks do we need in Inglewood, goddammit? We got four within a mile. Jesus And when Christ. I first moved there, there was only one. And I feel like they closed the one with all the bl- old black men playing chess. <laughs> they closed that one because the white people didn't want to walk through them and built one across the street that had a drive through And it magically uh, closed overnight. Oh, that's so fucked up. That's what man. happens, man. Yeah. but it's all good. When I first got my place in Inglewood, it was kind of frowned upon, and people were like, "You live where? Why?" But I loved it, man. I I, I enjoyed it because it's right near the freeway, ten minutes from the beach. Yeah, like I get the. And Hollywood, also, if you travel, minutes. the airport's right there too. That's why I bought my place. I got I was, I'm I got here before Uber, so yeah. asking my friends to take me to the airport was a headache. Especially my friends that live in the valley, so. Okay, okay was, imagine, imagine, remember back in the day when you had to ask your friends for can you oh, give me a ride? I lost so many friends. Like, can you take me <laughs> because I was doing
0: colleges too? Did you do the the college run? A little a bit, not that much. I was never yeah. like the NACA guy.
1: I feel like you would do well in NACA. Really? Uh, well, God, I like to piss people like off too much. Like 20-year-old Bill? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you would. Because what you do is you do the Disney set at the showcase, uh, and when yeah. you get there, you can turn up. Oh, really? You know still, what I'm saying? Still, though. Uh, that's why I've seen comics do. I, I didn't. I was, I was officially the Black History Month comedian. Hilarious. Did do you still do colleges? No, no. I yeah. feel like my material is still grown now. Like, well,
0: I just feel like colleges no longer are okay with people saying what they... Want to say like if you even infringe on something you can be construed as a stereotype. Yeah, you heard about that comic? Ugh, I feel bad. I'm Missing. I forget his name. What's He's that? a Middle Eastern comic. By the way, helicopters will go across. There will be crazy motorcycles. I saw that. You yeah, can't really pick it up on the um on the microphone. Uh, he was at Columbia University doing a show, mm-hmm. and he talked about um. I'm sure you'll like this joke. He talked about how being gay isn't a choice. He goes. He said you know, it is
1: a choice or it's it's, not
0: a- He goes, it's not a choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. He said, uh-oh. I, I, my thought was that, was that was a prevailing belief system, right? It's not a choice. You're born that way, right? Mm-hmm. As the Lady Gaga song says. But he goes, I know that because of because of black gay guys. Because no, no way a black guy is going to look in the mirror in America and go, you know what? I should make my life even harder. Let me be gay. That is so funny. It's funny, funny. That's freaking hilarious. They cut the mic. You're lying. Columbia University, Progressive Liberal Arts College, they cut the mic he couldn't, they dragged him off stage. They kicked <sighs> him off.
1: I hate that, man. But I feel like if there's no malice behind it, to me, I feel like it's a teaching opportunity. For me, when somebody says something that you oppose, it's a teaching opportunity, depending on what you believe in, to yes. show somebody, hey, look, you might not believe in this, but this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in the Bible Belt. My, you know, my dad is. Yeah, where, a I'm from in the South. Are you from Georgia? I'm from South Carolina. I was South born Carolina. in South Carolina. But, okay. you know, my dad is like, look, you can be a doctor, judge, astronaut, dinosaur, but you ain't going to be no. No sissy You know what I'm saying Uh I grew up in that kind of environment But when I moved to LA I had to learn like Oh it's different out here Like you know, it's just different. But for me, I'm always on the side of compassion. The older I get, I'm like, I'm all, like all the political stuff, I don't care about that. I, compare, I care about compassion. Yep. Most political issues are compassion issues. And some people are raised different and have different thoughts and are born different. And for me, I'm always about compassion, man. So, yeah. So, growing up, was your dad military? Was he No, he's like, just an he old just black man from the South They seen <laughs> it all. That's oh it. That's it. Just, <laughs> they like to drink and he has no filter. My dad is amazing. And he's still around, still so kicking Oh, ahead. yeah. So, he's just amazing and reckless, man. Like, yeah. my senior year in college, I had a kid and I found out it wasn't mine. And my dad was like... Wait, hold on. See, so you're in college. Senior year in college. I had a kid. A, girl, a, a woman
0: you were dating young pregnant. Got so you were there through the whole pregnancy. Whole time. And the baby came out. Yep. And was it that the baby didn't look like you at all? Or was it like, how
1: did you know? It's that the- a long story, but I'll try to give you the cliff notes. So the girl I was dating, uh, we were off. And I messed with this other girl. And apparently the other girl got pregnant in college. I was a mess. I was, a mess. I was Greek. I was popular. Like they're a good looking guy You don't have, you don't have to explain. I was shutting shut shut the city down you I was shutting the city down <laughs> you So my girl was like When we got back together She was like If that baby's yours uh, You'll never see this baby Because we kind of got together And I remember The night we made a baby And so The other girl I feel like she slept With a bunch of guys Around the same time mm. And I was the best of the worst Yeah So uh, one day I was at my parents house Because I stayed At my parents house My senior year And I got a letter in the mail Saying hey You need to show up For this paternity test And I'm like Oh shoot And I told my dad, I said, Dad, uh, I got to take a paternity test. He was like, okay. I said, but I never slept with her unprotected. He was like, well, don't go. And I was like, okay, I won't go. And I I didn't go. And I told one of my homies, I said, yo, man, same frat and everything. I was like, yo, this girl want me to take a test. He was like, that's crazy. I got to take the same test. Pin that for a second because I took a paternity test too. I don't Mm
0: -hmm. know if I ever said this on stage. I used to. But they came to my house. Really? It's a white person thing, I guess. I don't <laughs> <laughs> the parents did, or the paternity? No, no people? The, the paternity. Like the guy came with, like a, he looked like uh, that bureau adjustment bureau Matt Damon movie. You know how That's everyone dressed? So funny with the fucking hats and the suits. He had a yeah. briefcase. He showed up, came in, opened the briefcase. He had the cotton swabs, cotton swabbed my mouth. They
1: came to your house. Came to
0: my apartment in New York. Yeah,
1: this feels like cheaters, but like with paternity yeah it was it was
0: fucking yeah. crazy so but for you you got a letter it was to come to a, a uh, paternity clinic. test or something like a yeah, some yeah.
1: hearing or whatever that must have been pretty terrifying when you're uh, uh bro i was fresh out of school and i yeah. had meanwhile i have two kids on the way i have two kids on the way on the way right and you're not with See, either of these women neither one and the girl i'll say option b look like me She's big head light skin you know what i'm saying we had similar features <laughs> so when the kid came out everybody on campus was like yo that's your kid man that, that little boy looked like you and i'm like yo like I never met the kid I never slept with her unprotected Like what's happening with my life I feel like yeah. The world was Crumbling yeah. at the same time And uh, I didn't take a test And two weeks later I got a letter saying You're exempt from taking this test And Cause I feel like Whoever the dad was Like He showed up and found out And the girl never apologized To my family anything and so my girl was still mad because she she's more concerned about you mess with that nasty girl why would you me-? you know what i'm saying so yeah. she just always had a chip on her shoulder so i moved i finished school moved to atlanta and i had two jobs i feel like one was to pay my bills and the other one was to take care of the daycare stuff yeah. and i would drive home to south carolina every other week to go see my kid and in the, the uh the alternate weeks i would drive to her parents house which is in anderson south carolina which is an hour and a half from atlanta and i would show up at her mom's house and she'd be like well why are you at my mom's house? I didn't give you permission to come see my kid. And I'm like, Why are you being weird? I'm trying to see my kid. Yeah. And every time I saw the kid, she would be like, I'm gonna put you on child support. Every argument was shut up before I put you on child support. And I'm like, I am being a good father. Yeah. And you're not giving me a chance to take care of my kid. And my but you parents, hadn't
0: gotten through the court system at this point. No, yeah. she just
1: that was her big joke. Every time we argued. And so my parents used to watch the kid while she was in school. She had one more semester. And I came home one time, my dad, no filter, he's like, Let me tell you something, son. Uh me and your mama, we love that little baby in the house, but um, That baby got a normal size head. I don't think that's your baby. Look at your head. Look at our hairline. We got a strong hairline in our family. Uh, that baby got a hairline Like oh man I'm not saying she ain't your kid But she might want To take the test <laughs> You might want To take the test And so I had to sneak And take a paternity test
0: So did you like Sneak and like Take a bing Take a hair off The, the,
1: the uh, child's head No I took her To the lab I, I I had to watch her One day And I took her To the lab and I So got, you
0: didn't tell The the, the, the mom nah. You took the kid Hey we're going No, nah. We're getting ice cream At this fancy medical clinic
1: Nah I had her And I took her To uh, get a mouth swab And then uh, They mailed the results To the house And I opened it up And it said, you are 99.9% not the father. And my dad's response was, I heard they had a recall at the factory. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my dad said, man. And the crazy part was when I, she was crazy. And I had to go to her house and let her know because she was just always on me. Like, you're not a good dad. And she never said I was a good dad. And the only time she told me I was a good dad after I told her, this kid is not mine. She was like, you are a good father. I'm like, why would you wait till this to happen? to tell me that and it broke my heart yeah and you know when you watch uh jerry springer and the guys like omori oh, and you like that's my kid no matter what anybody says that was me yeah i was like i had a bond with her i was like yo sure. she was nine months old i wanted to take care and, of her and you'd would you been hanging out with her for the full nine months bro this is my little baby man yeah. and then i got to a certain point where she was kind of i think there was so much shame attached that she started being weird with my mom you know what i'm saying my mom was so attached to the baby too and i was like you know what she need to know who her real dad is you know what i'm saying and i yeah. think uh, she introduced her to her real dad, and he won't have nothing to do with her. And yeah, I broke my heart. I was like, "Yo, if you just shut up, like I'll be a father," and I was cool with it. Like I just, I was trying to learn my life because my fear was, I'm fresh out of school. I'm giving a third of my check to one girl, a third of my check to another girl, a third in taxes. Why am I even going to school? Why did I yeah. go to college? That was my fear, and I'm like, my life is falling apart. But I, I asked God. Yo, man, if you can just redeem my life, man Like, whatever, that's when I feel like God was like always. He was always tugging at my heart But that was the moment God was like, I'm gonna let you do you Whenever you're done doing you, come see me And I said, God, if you can just make all this go away Because another thing too, when I moved to Atlanta My auntie was like, hey, call me when you get here My husband's in the military We have a two-bedroom, he's uh, in Texas On duty, call me when you get here I called. she never answered the phone So I have two kids on the way Moved to a city I've never been to before (laughs) Uh, She didn't answer the phone I'm staying with my play cousin and I was like, God, please remove all this. And then cut to uh like three months later, man, I got my job, got my first job out of college, became an accountant, bought my own place. And so your degree in was in accounting in college? Yeah, finance and management. So finance I wanted to be management. in accounting. That was my first gig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's man. Awesome. I that's know it. I started out with a lot of drama. That was heavy for the yeah. first question, but that's my no, life. that's oh,
0: dude, it's fucking amazing. That's what makes that's what makes great artists in my yeah. opinion and good people too, you know what I mean? Right. The fact that God, that's crazy. There were two women and both of them had children that weren't yours. And I they hated still, my hometown. I just hated
1: it. I, just, I wasn't getting along yeah. with my parents. You know, everybody on campus was like, that's your kid. And I just felt like it was just me against the world and I didn't like that feeling, man. Yeah. That's like the day after I graduated, I left. I was like, I can't be here anymore. And I moved away. But... I do believe, like you said, it's the like the boarding pass for like becoming great. Because most people, they know me being a nice guy, but they don't know who I was before. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I became this guy. They're like, "Oh, Ron, you's a nice guy." Like, yeah, man, I used to be. I won't say I was a dick, but I was a firecracker, you know. Sure. But God changed my heart, and I was like, "Yo, I just want to be better." So, that's why my path is like, I'm passionate about relationships. I'm passionate about dude. Like when you talk about relationships, like that's my thing. Like if you hear me talk my set, my whole set is I made so many mistakes. I want to help people with personal growth and finding your person. Like now, yeah. it's like I'm married to the woman that I chose. I met her at the Laugh Factory. I oh, met that's her. crazy. That's she came to a show just randomly. Bro, my friend threw me an alley oop. Was like, "Yo, you need to. Y'all need to meet." And she wasn't paying me no attention, looking for her sister. And I was like, "Yo, I like you, man. I like your face." And she was like, "What?" I said, "I like your face." I said, "Let me get your number." And she gave me her number. And I texted her that night. And she was like, "I'm going out with my friends to smoke hookah." I was like, "Cool." And I wanted to talk to her. and I wanted to talk that night. And then later on, she said I was thirsty. I was like, "But." How am I thirsty? But I'm practicing the habits of a good man who's pursuing you. Because if I do that now, when we're married and take a day off, it's a problem. But yeah, I I'm country. Like if I like you, I like you. You're not gonna tell me to wait three days because that's some rule in your head that doesn't. It's not in a book. Yeah,
0: you knew I like you. You know what I'm saying? That's so,
1: so fu- that's so
0: funny too. Because yeah, it's like it used to be like if you like someone, you just went for it. Now it's like you're thirsty.
1: You are thirsty? Like, no. How am I thirsty? Because I'm pursuing you. That's freaking weird.
0: The first time I th- I think I might have met your wife once before. The first time I remember, I think I talked to her it was at Oakland.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Is yeah.
0: I was at the bar and you were on stage and you were like one of the only comics who was killing. <laughs> it was like the, it was like the first the first Oakland that. show. Maybe they've improved it since I don't know, but um, just acoustically is weird. But you were you are killed, and I and I said something like I was like so this woman's next to me. I I don't not really look. I just there's an attractive woman. I go, yeah. oh man, Randee's funny, and she goes, that's my. And she says she goes that's my nigga right there. And I go it's what. I go,
1: oh shit! That's so I was like, that girl's funny. Yeah, my wife is hilarious, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just so I've always admired you, man, because I, I like how you stay in the pocket. Like you, <laughs> I feel like you do it on purpose. <laughs> but you like this, you're so disruptive on purpose. But you stay in the pocket and you're true to it. And I like it because you don't, you ain't be tap dancing, you ain't freestyling, trying to pop lock it. Like you just go on stage and do your thing, man. Is that because you grew up around just a bunch of different types of people, or you play sports? Like I know you had a joke. Well, I know we talk about that. I mean, it's funny because like you know how comedy, it's like. It's like
0: ninety percent true. So I, I do the joke. I go, my high school was seventy percent black, thirty percent terrified, and I talk about being <laughs> the only great joke. the only white guy in the, an all black football team. The truth is, my high school is sixty five percent black, mm-hmm. and I, there were two white people in my football team. Right, you it and just somebody else?
1: Like,
0: yeah, me in the center.
1: That's <laughs> so funny. What position did you play?
0: Well, I was I was a kicker. I go because every team <laughs> is a kicker. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: Like everybody played soccer as a kid. They said I was a kicker. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. boy, come here, I was also kicker.
0: a wide receiver, but I wasn't like I wasn't particularly good. Yeah. You know? I was like they would when they had did running routes, they put me in to be a wide receiver. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? Um I mean I was okay, I wasn't mm. great. But my high school at one point, T C Williams was number three in the nation. Yeah. So they were great. Um yeah, it's you know, it's a like, it's a whole joke that I completely yeah believe in and talk about is like, hey, yeah, you know, I couldn't compete. Like black people are better athletes. Maybe that sounds racist or not, but like that was just my experience all growing up in public schools yeah. outside D C is like I just was never gonna But
1: you navigate it well. When I see you perform, like I've seen you actually I've never seen you perform an all white crowd before, which I would love to do. <laughs> I would we've love done to
0: like well, I guess Long Beach isn't all white, but we've done no, like Laugh no, Factory Beach is pretty
1: diverse. Yeah. But I'm true. saying like a mainstream night, like I know you'll rock it anyway, but I feel like you would make White people with no black friends uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like they'll be like, "Should I laugh?" And I'll probably be like, "It's okay to laugh. That's Bill. Like you, good man." Yeah, well, I definitely I, was. That was that plan. Like just because you grew up around different, because t- I well, I, you you
0: know, I mean, and this it's funny. I haven't talked about this. I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but um, but when I was in school, like the the biggest compliment I would ever get, yeah. would be if some black woman was like, "You stupid." That was like, oh man. I made because like a lot of these black women in my high school they didn't want to laugh at me so if I like did a pratfall or did something goofy or yeah. made a face or a voice and they laughed the first you stupid so I was like oh I, I cracked it you know yeah. what I mean I I, I cracked her because you didn't want to like me at all black then, people compliments are like the most
1: disrespectful
0: thing like you stupid <laughs> you retarded you dumb I don't know what to do with you yeah but then once you once you do an urban show and you hear like oh man that's the best that's the best feeling because it's they're not the easiest to come by you know what I mean mm-hmm. like there's two types of white crowds Which I'm sure you know about There's the white crowd That's like We're supportive of The comics <laughs> they, laugh they laugh at everything They laugh at everything And the effort. other comics are Like I'm here to be offended yeah. So you better not be One of those people To offend me Right You know And I feel like it's Getting more and more of that I but agree I do want to hear about Um. So yeah So my whole thing Was growing up And in, in that a uh, Very very diverse I never really thought That it was um, And you know how it was In, in, in high school And stuff You People made fun of everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, there was no. Comp- if I made a joke that was "quote unquote" racial, or a joke about a black person, a joke like they would make a jokes about me as a white person. Of course, like, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. home, eat your tuna. But casserole. then your family.
1: Once you when they once give you a nickname, like you're part of the family, and, yeah. and you have range. But if you don't have a nickname and you showing up cracking jokes, they're like, "No, don't do that." Yeah, fam. one of the
0: things I, I, I definitely I think uh, I learned from Chuck Sunday too, and you kind of taught me this too. Is like, I, I'm not a very social guy. Mm-hmm. so I would show up and do my set and leave mm-hmm. and I think it was rubbing people the wrong way because I'd show up and do like a lot of jokes about race and then leave people yeah. were like is this guy a fucking racist or is he like oh, yeah. but it was never it was always just like I always wanted to be invited to the chocolate sunday after party and yeah. I never
1: was but I should have just gone you should have just gone yeah, yeah. Because like just, for me again, I'm by compassion and heart. Like I feel like you're never malicious. And I like the fact that you at least come by consistently versus like, Hey, I would love to do that room, that that urban room. I wanna <laughs> do that. I hate comics like that. Like even you said the N word referencing my wife and I'm like, I know your intent. Your intent is like you weren't trying to be you know what i'm saying like sometimes because what you
0: said to me was so fucking funny and how else do i impart it by saying my wife is she said
1: that's my you know yeah you don't say it again cool (laughs) yeah but um yeah man i just it's a compassionate heart like i feel like you're not malicious and again you you stop by the house you don't just show up and piss on the crowd and leave and that's what i don't like because i i love that room i protect that room and that's important yeah of course yeah it's 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 this to me it's the standard of, of course, black excellence in L. A. Because I want everybody to in feel the at country. home. You know what I'm saying? I want everybody to feel at home. Yeah, I'm and you do there. a great job of that. Thank and you. And if
0: people listen to this podcast, you've never gone to Chocolate Sundays, I mean, it's it, at this point, it's a legendary promotion in L. A. Yeah. And Ron has taken the helm of it for the past how many years? Uh, I think it's six, six years.
1: It probably, yeah, it's probably longer than that. But I, I hosted, I co-hosted with Donnell Rollins and with Esau. And Donnell Rollins
0: went to my high school, by the way. Really? Yeah, he went to DC Williams. And
1: what city is that in?
0: It's Alexandria, Virginia. Gotcha, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, yeah, yeah.
1: some of that I don't remember. I just remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't
0: remember. I just. And also one of the things that back to like my first girlfriend was was uh, was a black. I can make that joke. Oh, she still is. I've checked your face. But anyway, <laughs> she was black, and my dad is like, this is like a joke I did in the last Zoom Chocolate Sunday show, which is true. Is my my dad's a Trump supporter? My brother's a cop, and my mom's name is Karen. Oh, that's a honky chocolate. hat trick, but yeah, that's yeah. true. Like. I had a black girlfriend with a Republican dad who was actually a great man and a nice guy. That's just that's how he was raised. You know yeah, what I mean? He was generation. conditioned that way.
1: To find a white guy over fifty that's not racist or a little bit racist, I would be surprised.
0: Yeah. So he was. Bill, it's against the Bible to be with the. I guess he brought that. the Bible into it. Yeah, he said it was against the Bible to be with, with the races. Tower of Babel, God separated the races. He was. This was years ago, right? Yeah. And um, then he would have. Then she would come to football games or soccer games and. People would look at my dad, my mom weird, and he got protective of her, and then he realized, oh shit. So he, he got to learn as an older man about it. And I definitely think like the, the racial issues in America have always been complicated, and it's weird, it's like Pandora's box, because it feels like once you feel like you're solving something, you've opened up 20 more issues, which is where we are right now in America. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I definitely want to get back to your, your past, but how do you feel like right now, as a black comic who represents mm-hmm. sort of like one of the biggest promotions for urban black comedy. Yep. And do you do you like urban comedy? Do you like that phrase of comedy? I hate, it, that hate that phrase. Yeah, uh, that phrase.
1: For me, I'm a clean black comedian. I don't announce yeah. it, but there's no crowd I can perform in. I perform for kids' crowds, college, mm-hmm. corporate, hood rooms, like I've, mainstream. I can do whatever, but I feel like sometimes people are lazy just humans we're lazy in general and things that you don't take time to get to know you put it in a box to help you understand it yeah and that's what racism is hey young lady how you doing yeah oh for sure absolutely it's just that's what racism is being lazy getting to know, instead of humanizing and getting to know people yeah
0: yeah for sure so do you feel like you said you have a duty to the club you're like i protect this place it's like my home so also as as a as a black comic in a black room and one of the biggest black rooms yeah um what do you feel is an obligation in terms of as just a black man in the community and a black man like, in terms of everything that happened with BLM and everything?
1: That must have been an interesting time for you as well this past summer. Yeah, summer was weird because one, we locked in the house, and I got called the N-word twice in my own home. What? And it was the weirdest feeling ever because I'm thinking, okay, nobody's outside. Like, I'm, I'm safe. I won't get shot by a cop because I can't go nowhere. Man, I'm in the house. I'm on a Zoom call. This is like when Zoom first started popping. Oh, and people were trolling. I got, I got Zoom bomb. I was on a a conference call. We were doing uh, my podcast. We called the two piece podcast on personal growth for men. And while this happened, uh, I heard somebody said, you're a nigger. And I was like, what? And it said you name, and it and it, it started it started multiplying. You could hear it like twenty different times, twenty different inflections. And then on the screen, they started hanging black. There was a pictures of black people getting hung that came on the screen, and you couldn't stop it. It was so overwhelming, you couldn't do it. And like everybody on the meeting was traumatized, and we had to log off. And we was like, "Yo, we can't, we couldn't even finish it because it was just so weird and it felt so uncomfortable." And this was like when Zoom first started popping, yeah, right around George Floyd, right around holy shit, all that. Like it was just weird. I was like, "Okay." Then cut to that same week. Uh, I am putting a screen in my window. I'm on the third floor, and I hear somebody scream. I go to my balcony. I look down. It's a dude under a car. I don't know if he got hit by a car or fell under. I don't know what happened. I look down. I say, are you okay, bro? And he was like, F you, nigga. And I was like, what? He was oh. under a car, and I think he was mentally <laughs> ill. Of course, and he was yeah. trying to stop his mom from like leaving or something. Like he was on top of the car; it was real dramatic. Everybody in both buildings started looking down, like it was just real dramatic. And I was like, "Yo!" And then the George Floyd thing happened, and I was like, "All this is happening from the comfort of my own home." Like literally, yeah. people don't get any days off. So for me, like I said, most of our country's issues is not political; it's compassion. Yeah. And again, people just live lives that you don't understand. Like I'm not. You know, I'm not gay or anything, but I have friends that are gay, and I'm like, they live lives that I don't understand, and I want to understand, and I have compassion because, you know, to tell somebody you're going to hell because of this, but then you're sleeping with somebody before you marry. Like, it's all, there's no big sin, little sin. Like, it's compassion. You know what I'm saying? You love on people, and the more you love them, they want to know about you and your beliefs or whatever. So, for me, man, it was just a weird time, and it felt so overwhelming, and I really had to unplug from social media because every day, literally, you'll see a black person get killed on camera where it's normal but if you fake kick a dog on instagram they will take your page down like if you fake kick, like you don't have to kick a dog if you just fake swing your leg and then go black in (laughs) here like they'll take your page down for fake kicking a dog but then you see a black man get shot every day and it's like so normal to you like oh another day yeah you know so so what do you do in that situation do you feel because obviously as a comic and
0: you you were doing comedy throughout. You never stopped. I mean, feel like Chocolate yeah. Sunday was one of the promotions that just kept going. There was maybe a few weeks off, mm-hmm. and you guys kept. You obviously took it as a as a sort of mandate to yeah. really keep it going, and make people laugh, and make mm-hmm. people feel like there was a community they could yeah. engage with. So, what like what else did you kind of do or or feel? Did you? I just imagine, like you're a strong black man. It must have been a really tough time, because because as as a, as a white guy, I I I like, oh yeah, I'm with you, and I would go on the marches, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I have to I have to admit yeah. that I don't know. I can only say, hey man, I just I don't want to get in the way, and yeah. I want to help. That's yeah. the best. Yeah, I can But you're do. one of the
1: people that actually are you care. Your heart is open, and you want to know. That's half the battle. That's compassion. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I even realized, even as a man, that women go through so much stuff oh, dealing dude. with guys. Like somebody has to watch them walk to their car or, you know, the stuff that women do to check their backseat, make sure nobody is following them, all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm I have a privilege as a man to not have to worry about that. Or I've seen girls get cursed out because they said, no, I'm not interested. I have a husband or a man and they get cursed out. And for me to be it would be inconsiderate to like know that women do that and be like, oh, no, you're just complaining. Yeah, that's equivalent to Black Lives Matter. Oh, you are just complaining Uh, as a woman? Like, no, it's like it's compassion. I want you to feel safe. Yeah, you are entitled To feel safe in this world To walk through this world And reject a guy And feel like you can Make it home alive Yeah You know what I'm saying so, Absolutely Again it's a compassion issue I feel like
0: this year And particularly quarantine Two of the things that Cause you can know things I'm and looking then, for this book By the way I'm not ignoring it Oh no you, so, it's, totally yeah, cool. yeah. it's totally cool It's totally cool You can know things And then you can like Know things So you can know things And then you can like Really viscerally understand And get things You know mm-hmm. what I mean Because I used to You know I'm a guy And I've dealt with some We've obviously had a share of crazy mm-hmm. women or women that have treated us poorly yep so um and that that helps with comedy too because comedy is not obviously you do nice comedy but obviously comedy is also about taking some people down the human experience yes the human experience and as your man sometimes you're gonna have to take down a woman uh, someone <laughs> that used to date an ex or whatever Okay, explain it is. take
1: down what do you mean take
0: down <laughs> what i mean is just kind of like you know, I do this joke that I know pisses off a lot of women oh, where gotcha, Yeah, I took her on a date, she was a girl boss and owned businesses and was strong and powerful and independent 2020 modern woman and the check shame she came old-fashioned
1: 1950.
0: You know, like this selective <laughs> feminism, like, right. equal work, equal pay, f- pay for your own drinks. Wait, what? No. Yeah, I'm you like, can't do you that know. when it's convenient.
1: I believe if you're old school,
0: be old school. Do it at all yeah. times. You like, know feminism has gotten very slippery. If you talk about how slippery feminism becomes, the different waves of feminism, women can, can take umbrage to it. And, you know, and I I like dropping the C word if it's a good joke. I just <laughs> You know, I've never I've never I've never cared for saying the N word or or the F word even. Yeah. But the C word just just feels good. Just yeah. it sits yeah. and it's a great it's a great phonetic word for, you know, for some punchlines. Um <laughs> is so funny. You know, I know so I know so evil. I don't know cuz I don't think I'm a bad guy, but like like I like I do this joke about
1: but you set the tone, though. I feel like it's a comic. Like, Patrice O'Neal was great at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you set the tone, this is who I am. And they fall in love with you. Like, again, you're super likable. If you were not likable and did that, <laughs> it would be a problem. But you're actually likable, and you set the tone, like, I'm going to say some reckless stuff. And once you set it up front, and say your why, your backstory for, look my parents messed me up they jacked me up this yeah. is what I am and then you get permission as a comedian but if you never say it and you add, like, you're like better than everybody and you leave with pride and ego yeah for then sure then it will tank and people will hate you yeah you, yeah. So, it, by the way I'd I like to talk to you more about this next time I do because <laughs> I definitely
0: find that sometimes sometimes I find that and sometimes I feel like yeah I didn't come across I came across
1: exactly what you said and I don't want to do that yeah all you gotta do is mention why you're jacked up if you <laughs> yeah. mention your junk up top like because I talk about church people a lot I was raised in church but I'm like yeah. yo Church people are the worst. Church people, but you have to include yourself and say I'm a part of it, so mm-hmm. I can talk about it. But if you say yeah. these are these people and then talk about them, then you come across as oh, you think you're better than you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you I to want to, to get that. back to so you were you're up church. So your your father, you talk about your father. Your
0: your mother, are they still together?
1: Yeah, my parents are still together. They uh, celebrating 50 years uh, in March, man. Wow, that's amazing. man Yeah, functionally dysfunctional of course of course i think mean, that's the best you could <laughs> have, you could hope for right i love them to pieces that's what they do man but yeah that's their life and so your mom's very much a church person too she went to church but we didn't stay we're like we left after offering we're that kind of christian okay like we, yeah, didn't we to- were the
0: commute we did communion because we want the bread and the wine and then we left
1: yeah it wasn't no vacation bible school and hanging out going to you know children's church like no i stayed with their, my mom i would fall asleep on her lap play with my toys and yeah. she'd wake me up and i put my money in the offering plate and we left you know what i'm saying but it yeah. wasn't until i mentioned that issue of having two kids and finding a way to mine that's when god became real to me that's when i'm like yeah. i had my own relationship like god okay i see what you're doing this mm-hmm. is my mission so now the guy you see now i'm more concerned about my legacy than ego and stuff like that and something i just been on my heart lately man i feel like the dynamic of a man you have to learn how to be a lion and a lamb yeah you know what i'm saying like you literally have to learn how to be like and outside your home you have to be a lion like you know what i'm saying like you have to be a lion but when you have a lady and you have a kid you have to be a lamb and you got to know how to navigate through that because you can't bring lion home but they still got to know the lion is there you know what i'm saying yeah and navigating that as a man is the thing that determines your legacy because sometimes you can mismanage that and one mistake of being a lion at the wrong time, your legacy is done and nobody cares about what you were trying to do, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely, but that's a lifelong lesson. Absolutely, nobody teaches you how to do it.
0: I had this discussion yesterday with uh, with someone about, when the Dalai Lama came to New York, a think tank got together and said, what can we ask Dalai Lama? What's the question that we really need to answer? And they were like, how do we reconcile the American Western Manifest Destiny go for it philosophy with go with the flow? It's the same kind of idea. You want to go for it. You also want to go with the flow. And it really just kind of depends on the situation. But I always think about that particularly if, you know, if I'm going to be a new dad. um, Like I hear about all the transgender stuff too. And that's something, again, you want to be compassionate. And you also want to be fair. And sometimes those things can collide with each other too. You know what I mean? Because um, I had a daughter and you know playing sports if if I'm like if my daughter wanted to be a great athlete and she had to compete against transitioning <laughs> kids in yep. high school which is a thing she's not going to win any of those sports I mean I, the joke I do is like you know I don't believe I don't think that there should be transgender sports in high school mm-hmm. I was like I wasn't even a fan of transracial sports I ran track I Trans- was always fourth racial. place so funny <laughs> I couldn't run a black guy in yeah, track yeah, yeah. I know people say that's well you're being I'm like that was my fucking experience <laughs> man <laughs> I don't know what to tell you I, don't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. losing yeah. to the white guys okay yeah. so um, I was a fast for a white guy but anyway it's so I think about that all the time like if you're gonna have kids bring them into the world like the world is everything is So slippery right now about where yeah. things land,
1: but you teach your kids about being clear, man I want to teach my babies about just being clear about who you are Yeah, and that's all that matters and have your love and your heart big enough to uh, Learn how to pivot no matter what yeah as a black man I'm taught to learn how to pivot no matter what happens like as much anger I feel in my heart sometimes about racism and stuff like that I can't walk around with that on my heart because it'll affect my comedy affect Absolutely, else. you know what I'm
0: saying now? I do want to get, because obviously going from being an accountant to being a comic is not something that, not <laughs> right. everyone's journey. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the really great comics, it was never just like, hey, I want to be a comic at age five. Nah. They, there was a transition, again, a nah. pivot. So where was the moment where you're at the cubicle with the necktie <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you got on stage? Uh, so my mom groomed me, my, my parents groomed me to be a comedian. Like my dad... No filter, everything was funny. Mom the same way, the older she got, the funnier she got. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to sit at her bed on Friday nights and we would clean the house up and we sit at her bed and I watch Def Jam. And oh, I wow. could quote every single comedian because I loved it so much. And I just that was her sowing a seed. She didn't know it. Oh, <laughs> hey Mia. Mia. So good. That's my
0: neighbor, Mia. So she's, good. She's a lovely distraction. So good. Okay. Anyway, go
1: uh but. Uh, she was sowing a seed and I fell in love with comedy. I just realized, like, I had my buddy named Leon. He was like my best friend as a kid. And every time I would go to his house, he would be so animated and make the whole room laugh. I'm like, I like that. Yeah. And as I got older, I realized I had this gift, man, where when I told a story, I would become the person. People would surround you, listen yeah, to you. Yeah. Like, you know, I could be like, yo, the girl was like, because I did a TED talk about this with kids. And I, oh, wow. I, the TED talk was called Making Your Weirdo Work for You. So I love all that the title. things. That made me weird as a kid. And now make me money. And when yeah. I was a kid, I used to tell a story. And it was a girl named uh, Fifi. I used to like uh, on the bus, school bus, and I used to play with her. And I used to play in her hair. And she's like, "Will you stop?" And I touch her hair. She's like, "Will you stop, boy?" And she punched <laughs> me in my chest. And I remember I wanted to cry, but I told the story to somebody, and I became her. And everybody just stopped and just looked at me like. And I was like, "What am I supposed to do with this energy?" I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> then I got older. My parents. I was the baby too. My mom like get out my face. Babies have many. Uh, two. I have an older sister. She's okay. eight years older than me. Okay, and so um. I used to watch TV and my mom was like, get out of my face, go watch TV. And so when I watched TV, I would watch these characters and people on TV. And I'm like, oh, I can do that voice. So the baby is weirdos. Usually the baby's like, you talking to yourself and you having a party in your head and nobody's around, Yeah, having yeah. a ball. And, you know, I, I could do voices. So, you know, you grew up around black people. We used to roast each other. Oh, God. But the I mama do, jokes on the bus after the games? Bro, but I used to learn how to do the voice of the person who was roasting me and I would roast them with their own voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point now, I remember I saw Obama on TV. I was like, yo, wouldn't it be cool to go to the club and walk up on a girl?" like, no. No, first of all, as I look in those big brown eyes, I uh, got to tell you, that's, that's pretty impressive. Now, what I'd like to do is release a dating stimulus package. Of, uh, we'll cover three You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I got this gift. And so now all that weird stuff made me money. But the moment I got on stage was uh, I moved to Atlanta and I went through what I call... The quarter life crisis, where you go to yeah. school for something, but your heart tells you something different, but you don't know what it is. You just, yeah. I just know I can't be counting numbers for the rest of my life. It was stupid. I'm like, y'all like doing this? You stay an extra four hours at work and they give you a hamburger and you start all over the next month? I said, I can't do this, man. And so I got fired from my first job. My cousin was a comic in Atlanta, and it was Apollo Night, uh, which was uh, in Atlanta on Sunday nights, and it was a room full of dope dealers and strippers. That's yeah. it. And my cousin was a comic, and I saw him get through it. It was the most hostile room ever because they're dope dealers and strippers. Like, they came oh, yeah. to boo you. And yeah. so my
0: cousin. And Sipalo Night, too. Bro, which in New York was legendarily hard.
1: Man, I watched three people get booed before me. And my cousin was like, man, you funny. Go up there. I had one joke, and it was terrible. Did <laughs> you remember joke, the joke? Yeah, my cousin <laughs> gave it to me. He, I said, hey, man, dating's expensive. Yeah, my girl asked me to take her out. So I shot her. i'm just playing i stabbed because guns cost too much by the way kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have the delivery though boo but the boo is okay i can handle the boo but then they told me to kill myself and that was (laughs) the kill myself is what got to me and while i'm sitting there uh they turned the music on me and i'm like do i run i've never been booed before (laughs) and uh, it's your first time my first time ever. how many people in the audience here it's crowded like almost uh, Probably 150 people That's crazy man. Uh, They told me to kill myself And then <laughs> While I'm, the music came on Then the music stopped And I heard a boo grenade The whole back row Everybody at the same time Was like <whistles> <laughs> Boo And I'm like Ah oh, this feels terrible and Then the host came up Like man Ron G was terrible Boo Wait Y'all gonna boo his name Ron Boo G Boo Ron G Boo And I'm still sitting in the room And I was like This is terrible And I looked at my, my cousin And he was like I don't know what to tell you <laughs> And it was the most painful thing ever. So I left a little early because I didn't want to catch the, the walkout. Everybody oh, leaving yeah. out. I left early and I was walking to my car and this guy was like, hey, little nigga, you ain't going to never be funny. And that was back when I cursed. I was like, F you. And he was like, F you, get you killed. And I walked to my car and I was like, you know what? Let me just mind my business. <laughs> but I fell in love and I'm like, I'm supposed to do this. And I just yeah. kept going back because when you know, when you, when you are starting out in comedy, and you, I don't, are you, you're not from here. So when you first moved to L.A., you like, man, all these people are way better than me. But then when you start doing it, you like, you know what? You're not funny to me. You're just more confident than me. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I watched the cats who were in front of me. And I'm like, I, I, I played football, so I had this hunger. I had that dog where I'm like, I'm going to figure this thing out. And yeah. so I went back less than six months later, and I, I got down. I did a full probably like seven to ten minutes in that wow. same hostile room. I actually stopped cursing, too, because I got saved right around the time. I stopped cursing, yeah. and I won. And I was like, okay. Like, this is something. Like, I really love what I do. So you, you won the, the, the night, the competition. No, what? no. I just went back, and I didn't get oh, booed. Because okay, yeah. just getting through not being booed for a comic in Atlanta was a thing. Of course, yeah. Because it was hostile. They had hostile. rooms there. They Legendarily would, hostile, They yeah. would... I had a we did a room me and Byron Bowers we did a room they passed out Nerf balls to the crowd <laughs> they would give the crowd Nerf balls and if you were not funny they would throw Nerf balls yeah. at you or they would shake keys oh, or wow. or they would play Um, is it Jeffrey Osborne oh uh, it's a song I did my best but my best wasn't good while you're performing oh like that's the kind of environment God. I started in yeah with the TV's on and bar environment so that's why I Ooh. perform the way I do because you can't kill me I'm yeah, already dead yeah. out here you're not booing Yeah, that's why I go for it like you can't stop Th- that's me that's gonna make a monster bro gonna, like yeah. you're not gonna if you don't boo me you can't stop what I'm doing so yeah. that's the environment I was in but that how was the beginning how long did you do that that sort of room that that club I did it for like maybe a year but then I couldn't talk I feel like every time I try to talk because this is what I learned, especially like in mainstream rooms, I feel like white comics are allowed to develop their thoughts and their feelings. You can say, hey, so I woke up this morning, I had a bagel, I played with my dog, and I can blah, 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 and then white crowds listen. i will afraid to joke about that eventually, but not tonight, and people right. will laugh at that. Yeah. Like, oh, that one didn't work. <laughs> Black crowd, you got to get to it. So yeah. I, don't, I feel like you don't have the opportunity to develop your feelings and stuff like that. So I start going to this more mainstream room called Twisted Taco. And I got a chance to develop my act and you know, finally get my words out. And I like got funny really fast because yeah. I was in an environment where I could cultivate it. I wasn't you know? constantly trying to survive, yeah. Man, but I, I, I took off. Within the first eight months, I got my first stand Ovation, and that was it. And then, you know, it was you, just, know, you know RT, right? Yeah. RT and I, we started around the same time. And I said, I'm moving. Yeah. I just felt something told me to move to LA. And I moved here, and I came on a visit. I visited LA. I won this comedy competition. And I visited, and I came here, and I performed at the Laugh Factory. And I was like, I'm moving, yeah. And I didn't look back. Was your first show at the Laugh Factory? Was it Chocolate Sundays? Chocolate Sundays. Ever. First impressions. Uh, I think so, cause my a buddy of mine from my church in Atlanta was cool with Chris Spencer, and he okay. put in a call for me. And this is my just visiting, and I got on, and I had a chance to perform, and I was like, yo, like. This is crazy. And just to perform in bars and then come to the Laugh Factory, little country boy, i was like, yo, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I fell in love. I was like, yo, this is it. And then so Pookie saw you and Pookie's like, you're my my next guy. You're my guy. So Pookie told me the story of why he chose me. Yeah. And he told me in front of a bunch of other comics and it made me feel like so embarrassed, but I was proud too because he was like, I was watching you for a long time. And he said, I challenge you. He said, said, one time I put you up after Earthquake, you did well. Oh, yeah. I put you up before D-Ray, you did well. I put you up after after D-Ray, you did well and after that I was like yo you built for this and he gave me a chance and I remember when I first got that room I was so scared because I was trying to do my I was doing closers the whole time because I was like yo I gotta do great like I'm following Tony Rock and Donnell Rollins I gotta do great but then after a while I had to like settle in and make it my own you know but you don't know that because you know one time my agent came and she was like why is every comic talking bad about you and I was like I don't know because I think everybody wanted that spot and they were like how'd you get it you know I didn't didn't know but now it's like that's it, my does, baby. it doesn't help that you're, like, young and good-looking and shit. Yeah, people are like, fuck this Yeah, guy. but yeah. that's my baby. So yeah. now it's like, that's my room. You can't do what I do in that room. And even if I'm not there, they can have other hosts. But the energy that yeah. I bring is literally how my parents are. I tell you, my parents, my parents are reckless. If you meet my parents, they'll, you, I invite you over. They'll curse each other out. Like your friend, Bill, <laughs> Bill, white boy, you want something to eat or not? You want some sweet tea? Get you something to eat. You know what I'm saying? That's how. And I bring that to the stage where even if you don't think I'm the funniest, you're going to have a good time. And you're going to talk about me because I talk about relationship stuff. I'm going to be in yeah. your business. I'm going to be in your head. And you're gonna you're going to have a good time. Yeah Now you said you made the, When you got saved You made the
0: transition To be clean I'm curious about Because a lot of people Also if you don't know Ranji's comedy And you will soon Because you're also One of these guys I don't want to call it now But I'm going to call it 2020, 2020 is going to be Your year 2021 is your year Ranji It's the I fucking did. year dude I'm telling you man i have to know why wrong you say about that. this shit I have to know Why you say that Just curious I just have a feeling man It's intuition Because you, you got You got everything You got the talent There is a cultural shift In America That's happened In entertainment and um i think you you bridge the gap culturally for all sorts of different demographics like you are a black voice and an important black voice and a clean black mm-hmm. voice which tv needs mm-hmm. and you are also a voice that can that is very relatable for everybody all races um not to be like oh you're safe for white people <laughs> nothing like that. i don't mean like yeah. that like yeah but i mean like you're you're someone who because you are edgy and you're clean and edgy which is that's very cool. rare not a lot of people can be clean and edgy
1: yeah
0: i mean I, I always joke with my friend like there's the three there's a venn diagram there's like the dirty comic the clean comic and the personal comic mm-hmm. and the venn diagram when you put them in the middle mm-hmm. the cpk killer right clean personal <laughs> the cpk cr- killer that's funny the clean personal, what the fuck was the thing? No, it's like clean, clean personal, personal and killer. Or, uh, or what, I forget. What, maybe it. maybe it's clean personal. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. That's so funny. Clean personal and like whatever. But like you're you're all three, right? Yeah. And uh, and that's very rare. Yeah. Thank As a matter of fact, people could probably see your set and not even realize that you're being clean.
1: I never announced it. Yeah. Because when I announced it, people listened for the curse words. Yeah. So I, I try not to do it, but I know that's my gift. That's my specific gift. And this one I knew it made sense because when I first started, I used to curse all the time because I came up under the Comic view. Sure. Guess. I didn't know any better. Everybody in my life cursed. And I got saved. And this older comic named Jerry Farber, I always mention his name because he literally changed my life. He said, bro, you're a good looking dude. Why you curse so much? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you should try learning how to work clean. You'll always work. And I was like, yeah. Okay. So that time I said I went back to the club. And I got, I did my 10 minutes and I didn't get booed. Uh, I got through it and I was happy, but God was dealing with my heart. And he was like, all right, so you got through it, but you didn't curse on stage, but you curse off stage. You're being phony and you're hard on church people. Now, if I, if a pastor did that, you would judge him. What Mm. makes you any different? Wow. And I realized that I need to master myself. I need to master my words because around my mom, I naturally stopped cursing around people. I respected. I naturally stopped cursing. I was like. Let me figure it out. So Ah. I stopped cursing, and I don't curse in my personal life. Um, But what made it make sense was when I got my job uh, as a dad on a Nickelodeon show, you know, when you interview, uh, audition, and they start asking you personal questions, like, hey, so tell me about your comedy show. And I'm like, so do I need to audition again? They're like, no. Tell me. We hear you're a comedian. Tell us about They start asking me, and they say, we researched you, man. You are perfect for this job because- Nickelodeon is very strict about their They're not going to let someone image. in there who can't yeah. They said you were absolutely perfect for it And it reminded me of Okay God looks like you stayed on the path And this is what I have for you And this is just the beginning Because nobody occupies that lane yeah. You know what I'm saying He was yeah. like this is what And it was a breath of fresh air Like thank you God for like Letting me know that this is my path And for me to Stick with it Because It's frustrating being one of one Because you don't get seen clearly yeah, for I've sure. auditioned for like Shaq All-Star and killed it and they were like, "Yeah, he's not the brand." You know what I'm saying? Interesting, yeah. And I didn't do I, I had one of the best sets and I didn't get advanced and I was like, "This is weird, but you know, what's for you is for you." Yeah, exactly. But and you don't know it in a moment. You take it personal cuz you know we artists, course, we sensitive. Of course. Of course. So, yeah, tell me about it. We sensitive, man. So, uh the,
0: so yeah, you start doing the clean. Now Yeah, that so what I was going to say is like people don't realize how hard that is. They just wa- like I'll watch a lot of comics who are clean, and I'll watch and go like, oh, he's a clean comic. Like everything about it seems sanitized, just glued and clinical, clean clinical. And I like, that oh, yeah. they're not trying to. But like you, like I said, I could watch you for half an hour, and then you know he was completely clean. i would be like, oh, I didn't even know that. I was just yeah, too busy yeah. laughing and appreciating what he was doing. So that is like a re- so yeah, it was a clean, personal, and you kill.
1: So I was those groomed in things- the fire, bro. I was groomed in the fire, but this is my niche. And like, yeah, you know, I feel like Chappelle is really dope at. I call it the God Eye. He'll look at how complicated this world is and make it sound so simple yeah. when he explains it to you. Mm-hmm. Like the most complicated stuff. Like he makes it sound simple. My gift is relationships. So when you see me perform, I have the gift of breaking down relationships in wow. a way where it's a little pastor, it's a little therapy, and it's a little comedy. Got it's it. It's all three of them. And you're like, wait, ouch, that kind of hurt. When I start, I got a joke about work husband. I was like, you know, Women. Oh, wait,
0: you have a joke about work cause Work them
1: too, yeah Yeah, and I was like, yo, women, they announce the ugly dude They, they, The ugly dude, when the ugly dude have a question on your woman She'll announce that, she's like, oh my god, babe Some booger wolf tried to hit on me at work Like, He was so crazy, like, he, at a red light But then, the guy she really liked, she never mentioned him The work husband, they don't mention him And I was like, fellas, you ever call your lady's job and she sound extra happy till she talked to you? You know what I'm saying? She's like, Clarence, will you get away with my cubicle crazy? Stop No, you can't have my snacks, stop <laughs> Hey, babe. Like, hey, babe, <laughs> what? Where is it? You know what I'm saying? I was like, fellas, there's a man at your lady job that know your woman whole food order by heart. Yeah. And I was like, fellas, never let another man know your lady Starbucks order. not go yeah. into it. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. said, he's so good. He can tell by your lady's silence what kind of mood she in. Yeah because he got 40 to 50 hours a week to study a woman you only got 10 hours a week mm-hmm. after she done with the kids you know what I'm saying so I'm like going in there and yeah. it divides the room but then so I start out being getting on guys first and women like tell them tell them and then when I switch everybody and the whole room is divided and I was like this joke is only a problem if you're not living right Yeah, well, that's that's the where I go with it but that's mm-hmm. my that's why I've gotten it so that's my gift is the relationship thing you know what I'm saying yeah yeah
0: have you thought about other ways that you could Is because you did a TED talk which is really mm-hmm. amazing
1: I mean even just like is your podcast relationship advice helping yeah, relationship? yeah yeah it's personal growth for men because i oh, feel wow. like especially in my culture um we're all taught to chase the dream whatever the dream looks like but we don't talk about sustaining it and what do you do to sustain it once you get it yeah you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. if you chase all this stuff and don't work on your character when you up here you got to hire somebody to speak on your behalf versus like just being a decent person and working on being a good man and sometimes you know that's why i hate the phrase toxic masculinity because every guy don't start in the same place and sometimes we don't know we like Living trifling because we don't have a reference point. You know what I'm exactly. saying? But once you learn and you want to change, it's up to you to figure that thing out. So my podcast is literally helping men figure that thing out and have a starting point for like, look, I know I'm a decent guy. I just need to know that this is okay. Cause sometimes being decent is not popular anymore. Yeah. Just being a decent person. Yeah. Telling a girl, hey, look, go home, I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. Are you gay? Like, no, I'm 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 cool. Like I'm I'm good. I've seen it like I'm I've seen enough. I'm like, I'm good. I've gotten cursed <laughs> out for being decent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Time we're living. Tell 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 a dude that you didn't smash the girl. He's like, "Why not?" I'm like, "Bro, like, she cursed out a, a waitress. I don't want to deal with that." You know what I'm saying? Or she has she's thick and cute, but she has no sense of humor. I'm a comedian. Yeah, my legacy is intact. Mm-hmm. She already has a temper. What does what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I don't for sure. So just being mindful of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because man, we have power too, but we give it away because we think we're supposed to smash everything. But in the end, I have a joke about uh, hoes don't make soup. Bottom line Holes don't make soup And eventually you gotta grow up Yeah Because you're collecting All these numbers And then you get sick And In COVID Like when you get sick In COVID You go to the hospital You can't have visitors Uh huh Your funeral You can't have visitors Imagine dying in COVID And you can't Your family can't come see you And you have a funeral Nobody can come to Yeah That's the end of your legacy Exactly And also After age 75
0: All you can eat is soup For the most part too That's it so you who's to- gonna make your soup? <laughs> how is it good
1: for restraining orders and selfies? <laughs> That's it. That's great, man. I love that. <laughs> That's really, how long have you been doing the podcast for? Uh, we've been doing it for like at least two years. But my business partner, he's also a pastor, so he's busy. Oh, but yeah. We don't announce he's a pastor, but he's like like me, but times twenty. Like he's yeah. incredible with this thing. So I'm I'm like the orange juice to the medicine. He's the medicine. I'm the orange I get juice. That, so I try yeah, to like soften it up uh-huh. and make it funny because
0: he That's is all awesome. sense. So where do you go from here, Ron? Because you got you know, you got the Chocolate Sunday, which is you know an amazing thing you're doing there, mm-hmm. and and if you haven't seen, you can see online. There's Zoom shows every Sunday night, right? Every Sunday, uh, seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Who knows when it'll be uh, be live again? But hopefully in the next maybe we, we good, man. It's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, it'll happen It's happening um, But check it, check it out on Zoom for sure And you, you got I you just said stage rate You got more movies, TV shows I got
1: so much cool stuff happening Since COVID yeah. Like for me I've, so, I've been so blessed, bro So Ron G,
0: 2021
1: is right then, right? I, I nailed that That's why I just wanted to know Why you said it <laughs> I, I always It's funny Before it happened, bro I had five producer callbacks Like before COVID Like in what? March, April? January? February February pilot season, I had five producer callbacks, wow. and then COVID happened, but but I'm not worried about it, because I'd rather it happen after COVID than sure. before, because people are going to be thirsty for entertainment, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Um, but it's going to happen. Like I feel it deep down, I feel like my wife was the missing piece. I feel like I had mm. to have my wife to go where I need to go, because my issue was is women. Like That's my, you know, I'm it's a nice a, guy, yeah, but... I need somebody solid that I love that's my buddy. My wife, we've gotten so close during COVID, and I feel like that was the missing piece. But I I appreciate the kind words. You didn't have to say that, but I'm grateful, man. And I feel like you're one of those people, too, man. Like, it may not come the way you want it to, but when it happens, it's going to be sweet because you did the work as well. Like, as an actor, I know you solid. I tell you, act out on stage, like, you're so solid and dedicated. Like, I watch how you lock in. I'm like, everybody can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, the nuances of the stuff you do. And, You've done the work, and you're so comfortable in your skin now. Like, I'm watching you become a grown man. Even though I'm a, a, a friend, I'm a fan, too, and I watch you become a grown man. And when you literally stop caring, that's when everything happens. I know, that crazy, right? When you stop caring. Yeah. I met my wife. I was done. I was like, yo, I don't. Yeah. I, I met my soulmate. The other shit, all these women that I've been chasing <laughs> for years, doesn't matter. Like, shit. Stand-up got good when I stopped caring. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just going. Like, Chocolate Sunday's taught me my wife was like you're funny when you stop trying to write material because I love structure I like you know yeah. bam bam she's like no just talk because I have enough wisdom and knowledge and life in me I can just talk and find funny so you can go up on stage and I don't think I can do this yet but
0: you can go up on stage it's happened to me before and what happens I'm like <gasps> and I reach for it and it disappears mm-hmm. like you can go up on stage and just talk without any preparation for 20 minutes and fucking kill because I'm not there
1: I'm working on it I have to trust myself because I, I just love structure and I'm always working on it. like your set is new until it's on TV yeah, So I have, like, four sets in rotation that I'm always working on, um, and I'm adding to it. I'm adding to it. I'm adding beats to it, you know? But that thing of just walking on stage sometimes, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary, but I feel like I'm at my best when I really don't care. Yeah. And I got to trust it. But then when I'm off stage, I don't remember it anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> dang it. I said so much brilliant stuff. Can I get the tape? Anybody can ask for the tape? James yeah. is like, no, you can't get the tape. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but, but it, it, no, no. no tape. No tape, buddy. No tape. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah.
0: So uh, all right, so uh, we've been here for a while and You've been great man I want to ask a couple questions Where uh, where does it look like uh, The the Ron G World Domination Tour Where is it going from here You have these shows You have movies and TV shows Happening obviously I guess we can't talk too much About some of them Maybe you
1: got a little Some I can Yeah so uh, I just shot a movie uh, Called Will You Be My Quarantine Um, That was my I shot a a feature Great title Yeah it was super dope Um, Then I shot a TV show Called Stuck On You uh, Stuck With You um, this going to air soon. Then I shot a national commercial, Pandora commercial, and I got my first director gig. Nice man. Uh, super excited about it. How'd nervous. That come about? Nervous, bro. Social media. Since quarantine, I don't. I want to direct so bad, bro. It's my somebody hit me. They was like, "Yo, we love your videos." We just we. I said, "Look, I have not directed before." They was like, "Don't worry about it. We know you got it." And I'm you're nervous. directing a TV show, or no? It's a short film short film but that's all I take yeah One short that's film the first step once I learned the, the nuances of it and I've been studying screens and I've been watching a lot of um, uh, TV shows watching like you know the setup, the dramatic thing happens in the beginning and then the mission happens and then the whole show is the mission and uh-huh. there's a twist and then you call back what happened to be like I'm learning all that stuff that's the stuff I wouldn't have had time to do pre-quarantine yeah but quarantine has allowed me to you know work on my blind spots which was social media screenwriting and now I'm gonna be a freaking director that's amazing, man. So it's happening.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And that's such a, such a great step for, um, I mean, not to make too fine a point on it, but like, you know, another black voice. Like, black voices are, are yeah. being heralded right now and being supported, yeah. I think, in a way they haven't been before. So, um, And this you, is what we do. This, yeah. As a
1: comedian, there was a time where if you did a late night performance, that was it. You did <laughs> a late night performance, your life, your, your life has changed. But now you have to be a writer, director, producer, mm-hmm. social media Uh, editor you have to learn how to do so Like you have to have a podcast you learn to edit your podcast cut it learn how to distribute it that you have to learn how to pitch shows like it's not enough just to be funny anymore so absolutely yeah so from there the directing is
0: awesome the tv the acting what is what is like five years look like is there something that you go here's a pie in the sky
1: thing for me so i'm gonna have my own tv show that's gonna last for a long time because i feel like it's gonna be so specific and necessary to the culture uh two i'm gonna travel with my wife and we're gonna do relationship uh seminars like books and stuff around the world around the world talking to couples because again i I love it people get married man but don't nobody tell you nothing like when i was growing up in church people like hey you got to get married so you don't burn with desire or whatever it is like so you don't go to hell get married get married but they don't tell you what you need to do to sustain it yeah yeah, you know what i'm saying church people get divorced fast they get, they get divorced because don't, they don't give you the tools. And so my wife, we discuss our junk and how we got to this point and what we had to work on in order to sustain to have a relationship that's that can sustain COVID. That like being married and busy is different from being married and you on lockdown. It's different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's gonna be a thing. I'm going my podcast is gonna tour. That's gonna be a thing where we have men and and, and huge coliseums about working on personal growth because they want to be better they want a starting point because that's not talked about with men we're not talked about to be vulnerable and in order to have intimacy you got to do vulnerability and you're taught to be tough and be strong and then we meet this woman who she want feelings that you ain't even touched before and now you think you a sucker mc because you got to soften up and give her a part of you that your dad didn't teach you about so i want my podcast to be a a part of that um i'm going to direct i'm have my own production company um uh i'm i'm going to acting i'm gonna do a bunch of white folk friendly movies where people are like <laughs> oh my god he's like the new will smith i love that guy he's so. <laughs> i would take him home and meet him let him meet my, my Wait, dad is there, is
0: there a black actor you look towards and you go like man that is that is the career that i emulate or that's the type of career i will emulate smith? will smith
1: will smith is, yeah. is my guy i just feel like what that that even though have he, you met him yet i haven't i will yeah you will i'll meet him sure. time, but yeah. i'm going to meet him when he knows who i am yeah I, I I I've met so many cool people and they don't know who I am and I, don't, I just don't feel good like Hey sure. I'm so and so you're <laughs> not gonna remember me but just wanna say hello. Yeah. I was at the comedy store and I sat right next to Eddie Murphy and he was watching Chris Tucker perform and I said nothing to him. Yeah. I said nothing. Everybody walked up, Oh my god, you're the best. You're the greatest comedian there ever, told a joke. they you're the great and I'm sat, I just sat there like Cool. And I was nervous. I wanted to say something, but I was like, he's not going to remember who I am. So, but yeah, man, I have so much stuff in my heart that I need to get out. And like you said, man, I just believe God's going to give me a huge platform to do all this stuff and give me your resources and good friends. I need good people in my space to help me bring all this stuff to life because I'm not one of those people that I can do it all by myself. Like, my wife is dope. She literally helps me write. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to have good homies I can go on tour with. We all got families and we can bring our families on tour. Like, I want to have. I feel like I never had that I'm like a one man crew I've always done it by myself Especially yeah. when you're decent Most guys are like Oh Ron G the church dude I don't want to <laughs> Like man I don't care None of my business You know so, yeah, yeah 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 What about you man What's your dreams man What's your hopes and dreams What right? about you we can talk about after the after right? I shut up the thing. I want to know, Bill. Um, you're a very interesting guy, man. You have thanks, on a, man. a turtleneck and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and bare feet. And, <laughs> you have a turtleneck and pajamas on, man. I just feel like pajamas.
0: Black comics give me so much shit about my footwear. I remember I was doing a show in Long Beach and Maronzi Vance and Alonzo Boat, and I was wearing <laughs> sandals. They're like, Motherfucker, you're going on stage with sandals? I was like Really? Yeah, like that is the most white privileged bullshit I've ever seen
1: in my life. I was like, touche, you're probably right. Have you worn sandals since? Yeah. (laughs) Of course you did. He's like, I'm white, of course. I feel weird about having my knees out on stage, man. That's hilarious. I feel like people don't respect people that they love with knees out. Like, you've never seen Obama's knees. You've never seen Dr. King's knees. Have you said
0: that before on stage? No, but I think
1: I will. You've never seen Dr. King's knees. (laughs) That's hilarious. Nobody. Men that you respect, you never see their knees. If a cop with his knees out said, Hey, get out of the car, you'd be like, Man, if you don't get out of my face that's so on fucking that 10 funny speed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did a joke because i grew i did a um i had to play a white nationalist in a movie like a oh. month ago did that feel I, weird um i was wondering yeah how- yeah i mean we can talk about that but okay, uh, right. i grew this. did you have to go for it you have to go had for it goatee you know the fucking big ass oh, goatee so funny and i was walking around someone said i was like oh man you you're like a white supremacist and i was like i'm wearing skinny jeans do you think how many white supremacists are wearing skills? You, <laughs> you got on Crocs. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, probably Crocs too. <laughs> um listen, Ron, I'm gonna let you go, man. But uh, dude, you're awesome. I'm telling you, Ron G, he he's he's already a big thing. He's gonna be the bigger thing, the next next big thing in comedy. Uh follow ch- go to Chocolate Sundays, the Zoom shows every Sunday. Ron Ron leads out like nobody can, and uh Check us out online. His
1: Instagram is? Comedian Ronji. Please follow me, Comedian R-O-N-G. And every Thursday, me and my wife do a really dope game show called Couples Couch oh, nice. on Instagram. Uh, super dope. If you uh, like your person, y'all have fun together, you feel like you know them pretty well, <laughs> hit me up, Comedian R-O-N-G. Uh, also, my YouTube as well. But all that stuff is on my Instagram at Comedian R-O-N-G. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Ron. Thank you, bro. Thanks.